everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, as well as the host of this broadcast. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. Some of the best resources we have on our website, you can find on our homeschool help page. All you have to do is go to our homepage and click, I want homeschool help. And um, that'll lead you to a lot of different resources um, there. And each month on our broadcast, we focus on a different topic. And this month, as we're kicking off December, yeah, we're doing a lot about Christmas, but we're also focusing on public funding programs that you can tap into um, as a homeschooling family. And so tonight, we're going to be talking with some of the people behind the scenes that work with um, some scholarship funding programs. They're going to share with us um, just a little bit about what they do, why they do it, and um, how you may be able to take advantage of these programs as well. Um, so tonight with me, I have Kim Coleman. Kim's um, professional life um, has an intersection of innovation, disruption, choice, and advocacy in education and marketplaces. Kim is the founder and creator of Monticello Academy Charter School, and which is now one of the longest running charter schools in um, the state of Utah. Kim served for six years in the Utah House of Representatives, where she was the vice chair of the Education Committee and passed national model education legislation. She's the founding partner and CEO of Children First Education Fund, a nonprofit scholarship granting organization for children with disabilities. And Kim is married to Joel, and they have five children. Um, and then also I have Barb with me. Um, she spent 10 work years working for Disney opening resorts, Disneyland Paris, Disneyland or Disney Vacation Club. From there, another 15 years owning her own company and working in banking and credit unions. And um, by chance, her daughter um, in kindergarten had a seizure and which ended her office career, but kind of moved her into the education sector where she has been navigating disabilities um, for her daughter and um, when taking her out of public school is now homeschooling her and thrive, her daughter's thriving in the environment they created. Um, she sat on the Parent Advisory Committee for the Garner Scholarship and has held multiple PTA, PTSA board positions and is currently in advocacy training with the Florida Department of Disabilities. Um, welcome, ladies. And we also have another guest who might be showing up with us. If she does come, I'll read her bio as well. But Wow, that was a mouthful. You two ladies have been busy. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you with us tonight. <laughs> so um, just so you know, if you are watching, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Periscope, and you can be part of this conversation. Um, if you have questions for um, these women and um, the programs that they run or any kind of topic that we, we bring up throughout the evening, please um, put your comments down. We'd love to, um, to address those, incorporate them in our conversation. So, um, so yeah, I, I'll let you two kind of fight this over who wants to start, but mm -hmm. I would love for um, you to share just a little bit beyond your bio as to um, just kind of the passion that you have behind doing the work that you do, um, just kind of what spurred that and kind of led you to to where you're at now in in working with these um, these scholarship programs within your states. And um, also Kim is from Utah and Barb is um, from um, Florida. So um, so yeah, 
All right. Well, who would like to go first? <laughs> Should I go, Barbara? You're <laughs> okay. Well, I will jump in then. Feet first. All right. Uh, I've I've always been engaged with children. When I was mm-hmm. four years old, and people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said a mom. And you know, my husband and I are blessed between us to have, to share six children and eight grandchildren. And oh, that's awesome. You know, it's just it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, you know, I've always, you know, tried to have the best toys in my house so the kids would come play in my house so that I would know what the kids were up to and what kind of friends my children had. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, when my daughter started having seizures and um, that just became the beginning of a, a unique abilities journey for us, I took her out of public school and I started homeschooling her. Um, we have, Florida is a very big school choice State. We have a variety of scholarships, um, everything from a bullying scholarship, a reading scholarship. We currently have two special needs scholarships that are in the process of being merged. Um, one of them was the McKay Scholarship, which handled children that had been in a public school setting and were now heading off to a private school. And then we had what is formerly the Gardner Scholarship that helped children both with um private school tuition, but also operates as an educational savings account for students. Mm -hmm. And um, there was no requirement for them having attended public school, and it also works for homeschooling. So some of the things that our our students can be reimbursed for are tutors, technology, therapies like ABA, music therapy, equine therapy, OT, uh, PT speech, books, um, sensory toys and tools, you know, just about anything that you can think of uh, that would work in a homeschool environment to help your child learn a concept. If you can show the educational relevance, then chances are you can have it reimbursed. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll go into a little bit more specifics of each of these, um, these scholarships too, but, um, but that's, that's a really good, good overview of, um, just the, the broadness of the, the scholarship opportunities. It's, it's really exciting and it's wonderful to be able to give your children more choice than they would have had otherwise. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Barbara. Okay, so Kim, it's your turn. <laughs> so I wanted Barbara to go first to me because Florida is what Utah wants to be when we grow up, <laughs> where I'm, I'm hoping we get and and that we really get to to borrow from, uh, you know, the experience of people who have gone before us and mm. kind of stand on your shoulders and some of the pioneers in this area. This is brand new for us. We have in Utah. We have had. Uh, a scholarship for disabilities for children with disabilities that has been publicly funded, publicly managed. And uh, the legislature just decided last year to implement this year for the first time a tax credit scholarship for uh, students with disabilities as well. Um, we, I think that our objective is to also eventually merge those, those, two, pro, uh, those two programs uh, take it out of the hands of, of state management and really kind of put this on, on the private sector. And it's just so exciting to me uh, to, to, to be in this space as, as kind of a first in Utah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's sort of that mix of daunting and exciting at the same time. Um, yeah. I, I did found a charter school in Utah is one of the oldest, longest running charter schools. So uh, we were kind of early in that space as well. So, so uh, 
I, I kind of really like to be able to, to, um, to, to enter new space and, and try to be pioneers in our state. But I'm really excited to hear from, from other folks tonight, myself, who have all this experience. And, you know, there's so many students in our state that could benefit from the scholarship. It is still, we are just getting the word out. And when people learn, they're excited, but there's so many people that still need to hear about this. So thanks for the opportunity to join you tonight. So this gives us an opportunity to share with other people. And when they hear about what, what's gone on in other states, I think that provides context for our parents because they're hearing it for the first time saying, right. well, we can do yeah. what, you do what. But um, mm-hmm. I, I love that they can get the context of a couple other states and, and mm-hmm. learn from us, uh, from each other. So. Right. Yeah. And I hope to have Ohio with us. I called their office. I messaged them, got no response, but they have some great scholarships in Ohio as well. And Arizona, um, we're supposed to have somebody on with us, but they have a really good ESA um, scholarship opportunity as well for homeschool parents. And and I know there are other states. Um, in general, is it pretty easy to just look at ESA and like this, the state name to be able to, to Google something and find like your organizations in your states? Or is it, are there places like on um, like the education website in your state where you would find information on these scholarships? What would be the best route if parents were wondering, does my state have one of these programs? In Florida, a simple Google search for um, educational scholarships will direct you to um, our primary SFO or scholarship funding organization is Step Up for Students. Mm -hmm. And then there's a secondary one called AAA Foundation. And uh, those those are the two primary um, organizations. Currently, McKay is still operated under the um, Department of Education, but um, that will roll in as of next July 1st. So they will be considered one scholarship and the two SFOs will handle all the applications as well as all the disbursements of funds. Okay. And so for parents who don't understand what an SFO is, what does that mean? That is a scholarship funding organization. They are a company contracted on, on that is contracted by the state to manage the scholarships and their accounts. Okay. Awesome. And then what about you, Cam? So in Utah, the term is uh, SGO, Scholarship Granting Organization, same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're the only one right now uh, in the inaugural year. So I know other states have multiple SGOs, SFOs, um, all, uh, different names out there, but we kind of all mm-hmm. do the same thing. Uh, you, you can find us if you Google those search terms, but it does take a while to kind of create uh, the ecosystem to create the market. Right. And, and, and again, parents may have to, to search a little bit to, to find us because we are just that new. We really became fully uh, operational uh, this summer, kind of late spring, early summer. Yeah. Um, and our, if, if one were to go on the state website and look for scholarships, the, the previous scholarship I mentioned, uh, one it's called Carson Smith Scholarship, they'll find all kinds of information on that, but the state won't <laughs> happen yes. or won't put us on there, even though this is this is a legislatively created program. It is you know, wow. considered a state mm-hmm. program, but it just takes a while. Um, so we're, we're really trying to be in the, the social media a lot. We've done mass mm-hmm. uh, marketing. We've done kind of the morning variety 
you know, morning shows and mm-hmm. just still work, working hard to get the word out. And, uh, but a lot of Facebook groups, we're finding literally hundreds of Facebook groups that, um, that are homeschool oriented, um, mm-hmm. supports for, for families with a child with disabilities. So we're just trying to tap every network we can find. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. I know. I'm just creating this organization. We started in 2017 and it's been grassroots and it just takes a while for people to go, oh, that's what you do. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wrap their head around this, you know, oh, I, I guess I need you. <laughs> um but but yeah, well, that's that's awesome. And and Kim, having started two separate like brand new things, you know, as a pioneer, you you are a strong woman because <laughs> I've only done it once, and oh, I'm tired. <laughs> so I can can't even imagine starting all over again. But um, but that's awesome, and you've got to have a a great heart behind. And a patient Which, family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Supportive family. Exactly. So, um, so diving in a little bit more, I know there are specific requirements um, for scholarships, and every state has their own requirements um, for access to these funds. Um, could you each briefly go through what, I mean, you don't have to go down to the smallest detail, but kind of give us a little bit uh, overarching summary because um, parents may be saying, you know, maybe my child isn't even eligible because this is all that they struggle with. Um, and so to kind of help alleviate some of those those things or what they what kind of testing or proof they need to have in order to even start the process. Okay, in, in Florida, um, I'll speak primarily to the Gardner, which is now known as the Family Empowerment Scholarship for Unique Abilities, mm-hmm. um, and we primarily have. Uh, diagnoses of autism, rare diseases, anaphylaxis, um, intellectual disabilities, mm-hmm. um, students that have multiple diagnoses, high risk for the, um, the younger toddler into preschool, um, other health impairment, which includes things like ADHD, um, mm-hmm. specific learning disabilities, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, um, and, and there's some other diagnoses, but it, it started off with a much more limited number of diagnoses um, that were served by the scholarship. And okay. this year, so this year, it just got it. This year, it was okay. expanded with the with the general expansion of the scholarship, mm-hmm. um, a, a medical diagnosis and or an IEP from or okay. 504 plan from a public school that states the specific um, diagnosis on it are the acceptable um Parameters and this year the expansion. Some of the the amazing things that have happened are that um, this year children that are foster children, adopted children, and or military awesome. dependents do not count towards the caps, the funding caps. So that means that more children can be funded, and also they they opened it up so that siblings of special needs students can also receive funding under the umbrella. There's a low income scholarship for for students. And this one, um, as a sibling, they can go to private school only that it doesn't cover the homeschool piece, but they can go to private school. And the income cap is not counted if they're a sibling of a, a child with unique abilities. 
Okay. Wow. So that is but it's it's mm-hmm. it, it and it really makes it makes it so much easier for families to mm-hmm. be able to access services for all of their children. You know, right. if if you've got a special needs student at a at a really good private school and now you're driving all over town trying to drop kids off at different schools. Exactly. Now they can all Mm -hmm. go to the same school. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I hope we get there in Utah. The sibling piece, I think, would be uh, very important and and, and really is a major factor for us. So right now, we are strictly just limited to students with disabilities who are not in the public school system. Mm -hmm. So that first eligibility is is do they have a qualifying uh, diagnosis, a qualifying okay. disability? Mm-hmm. And and we take the definitions right out of IDEA, out of the Individuals okay. with Disabilities Education Act, mm-hmm. which is mirrored in our state law. Uh, okay. So a student would qualify by having an IEP, but we also allow any other uh, multidisciplinary team that, that can make okay. those determinations that have the qualifications mm-hmm. to make those determinations. So I want our families to know that, mm-hmm. that they don't have have to go to the district for this uh, for the eligibility determination, okay. which can sometimes be uh, slower than we'd love, and sometimes right. just <laughs> anyway. I think districts, you know, do, do their best, but sometimes it just doesn't have the outcomes, and and mm-hmm. parents can always wait. So, uh, and we can help families uh, access those those multidisciplinary teams and get that determination. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we don't include 504, so this is really just um, okay. the IEP it's side. Or just the, the IEP part of it. Okay, yeah. No, and that's, I mean, you have to start somewhere. I mean, right. you, like we we're you were sharing earlier, you, you have a lot of dreams, and um, but step-by-step step is what's going to make it successful in the long run. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's exciting just to have started in your state because there are so many states that don't even have these options for families. And a lot of our parents even tell us, you know, if if I had the financial help, I would, would start homeschooling, but mm-hmm. I just don't have the funds. And um, it's, it's heartbreaking because you know that they know that they would help their child much better at home. And, and I think um, if I may add, uh, we do have sort of that ESA um, aspect in our program too. So, so while our scholarship does provide uh, private school tuition, uh, it does also give that that fund that does pro- allow that wide range of material services, kind of what Barbara, that list that Barbara gave, almost all of those things would also be um, allowable under, under our uh, program as well. So definitely a benefit for homeschool families that are trying to make that decision. They're maybe on the fence. They don't know right. if they would be adequate to uh, to to homeschool their child, but really where, you know, where Barbara noted, so so much uh, can come in to help supplement, support, strengthen. Um, so we're, we're excited to enter that space a little bit more robustly, so. Yeah, and so can you elaborate both of you a little bit more as to the, the types of, of things that parents can use these funds for um, within your programs? Well, I can speak specifically to the the services that my daughter engages. Mm-hmm. When when I took her from her public school setting, she literally told me she wanted to be in a dark room by herself and be sad for the rest of her life Aww. because because she just could not 
succeed in public Mm -hmm. school in the setting that she was in. And she had a wealth of support in that school. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward a year, you know, she started equine therapy and competed in Mm -hmm. Special Olympics in front of 500 people at state level and took a gold medal. Um, Equine therapy, she's on her way to being a horse trainer now. You know, so she she has tutors. She does theater dance. She does um, she you know any curriculum or widgets or sensory. You know, when when we're doing math and that's a stressful thing for her, she's got the slime going and the little punchy (laughs) things going. And uh, and and a lot of times working with her, it's easier to ask questions through a third party, if you will. So she'll bring Mm. a toy or a doll or whatever to the table, and and those are her communicators. Mm-hmm. And so those are covered. So it's, it's big oh, things wow. and little things. It's, it's yeah. full-time ABA therapy. It's, it's occupational mm-hmm. therapy and, you know, music there. She has a music therapist that comes and works with her. And it's kind of a combination of a therapeutic intervention and a music class. Hmm. So mm-hmm. she, you know, she gets, she gets everything that she needs to learn the way that she learns. So, you know, she may, she may never sit down and, and take an SAT exam, but she can tell you what's important about the constitution and why it's important that we have laws and rules Mm -hmm. and who makes those laws and rules. And she just finished drafting a bill and presenting it to legislators asking that they do They make a law that says everybody can have chocolate cake every day. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. <laughs> so, so we just we have a variety of things that are available. There's there's a, a handbook that parents receive when they're okay. that they're that's once good. they're accepted mm-hmm. into the scholarship, and that gives the pre-approved items. And then if there's something that's unique, mm-hmm. uh, that like for example, and this is this is kind of silly, but a couple of years ago we were learning fractions, and so mm-hmm. I wanted four sets of color-coded measuring cups and spoons because we do a lot of cooking and baking in our house and she understood the measurements but on paper she didn't understand and so by taking the measuring cups and spoons to the table I was able to give her the visual aid that she needed to learn fractions that's awesome so so then you just so then I just put in a I put in a pre-approval request I I Mm -hmm. say what I want to use it for and and what the expected outcome is and and then they either approve or deny it. Awesome. That's great. And so you can be super creative. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and we customize are customize it specifically to your student. Exactly. That's awesome. And ours operates fairly similarly. Um, our scholarship allows the, the private school tuition on the private school side, but for homeschool families, um, textbooks, curriculum, other instructional Materials? Did I? I lose you. Oh no, we're still here. Oh, we're here. okay. Uh, other instructional materials, uh, therapies, things like that. So it is again, it's a it's a broad range. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it it seems like that's um, that's a lot of what our parents are looking for, anyways. You know, when they come in, they're like, "Can I?" Mostly, it's just therapy because a lot of times. They, they have the option of putting their kids like that dual enrollment, uh, like a lot of states do, and taking their child to the school to get therapy, but the therapy isn't always the same as you would get through a private therapist. 
And, um, but there, there's a limited amount of therapy that schools offer, like equine therapy. There aren't very many schools that offer that. No. <laughs> so, um, but if it's something that's going to really resonate with your student, this is another opportunity that homeschooling would allow them to have a more customized approach to their their schooling. And, and we're kind of just getting started looking at that whole world of opportunities. So, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to lean on Barbara after this call. Yeah. And, and, uh, because we really, our law does allow pretty broad flexibility and we mm-hmm. want to provide that for families for that customizability and and that's just how it should be. <laughs> I, I I was yeah. completely shocked when I found out the equine therapy. I didn't even know that it was a thing. I knew that okay. you could go and oh, yeah. you know that you can take horseback riding lessons as a PE course, but equine mm-hmm. therapy as a as a therapeutic intervention, I knew nothing about that. And and the place where my daughter goes, they they also work with returning soldiers that have PTSD and in mm. a lot of instances, health insurance covers it now because they see the value. Right. I've, I've heard amazing stories from parents and some of these alternative um, therapies that that are offered and it's, how it's, successful they are. It's really finding, you know, what, what lights a fire in your student and then you know, being able to pursue it, which mm-hmm. courtesy of these scholarships and homeschooling we're able to do. Right. Yeah. It's that partnership there. And yeah, I know a lot of parents are, it's really hard because that usually even if you have private um, insurance, a lot of times therapies are cut from the time the student becomes school age until they are 18 when they're out of school. And then it goes, you know, come goes back into effect when you're an adult, I guess. Um, expecting that the school is going to fill that void, but the the school therapies are so limited. Um, so, yeah. Or there's, or there's, you know, in Florida, a lot of our like employer based insurances, it's there's a forty to sixty dollar copay for each insurance. Oh wow! So you know, yeah. we looked, we looked at you know doing services outside for our daughter, and it, you know, four hundred dollars a week for <laughs> OT, PT, and speech. Right. That's, yeah, that's pretty pricey. <laughs> Right. You'd be working full-time and homeschooling. <laughs> so, uh, yes. and, um, and Barbara, I think you, you mentioned what the range of your scholarship awards are. Could, could you share that again? Absolutely. Our average, our average award amount is roughly $10,000 per year. What's the upper range of that? The upper range is 18, 18 to 20,000, maybe a little bit more. Um, ours are based on IEP matrix scores. And so a, a student with a 254 or 255 that generally has complex medical and learning needs um, mm-hmm. that, you know, it, if you just if visualize a student in a public school setting, they probably have a need for a nurse and to be in that school to provide medical care during the day. They probably have an aide. They probably have, you know, communication devices, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, wheelchairs, you know, some mobility devices. They need specialized transportation to and from school. Uh, those kinds of students would be in the upper end of the matrix score and therefore receive more funding. Okay. Is there a way for a parent to be able to kind of figure out what the matrix score would be for their student? Is they're getting started or that's just there, something they do with the... There are Google Google searches that you can do that provide um, basically what accommodations are, you know, for certain diagnoses. Okay. Uh, 
you know, you can request one through the public school district and they are obviously required by law mm -hmm. to provide that, that evaluation. However, to be completely fair, it's very difficult for them to give an accurate evaluation of a student in a public, you know, because they're not in a public school classroom. Right. Such a huge piece of the mm -hmm. IEP process is classroom observation. It is. If they don't go to school, <laughs> they mm -hmm. can't, you know, and, and it's difficult. You know, there are some districts in Florida that will allow the parent and or tutors or therapists to step in and give their evaluations from the perspective okay. of the teacher. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some that that just don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then ours are income-based, so sliding scale. Okay. So we mm -hmm. start at the, the lower end of 3,800 to about 9,700 uh, for our lowest income families. Okay. And, and again, it, you know, performing like a, like a, a, an education scholarship account um, really just gives that parent that full range mm -hmm. of options. So we're, Again, just starting, but yeah. we'd love to be where Florida is one day. Oh, but but that's still that's a huge help. I mean, a lot Definitely. of parents will you know function on a couple thousand dollars um, okay. for a student when they're homeschooling and uh, or less, depending okay. on how resourceful they are. <laughs> and 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 to be fair, the, uh, the McKay scholarship started many many years ago, and the Gardner scholarship's been around since two thousand fourteen. So, you know, we're, we're getting close to 10 years with, you know, an educational savings account scholarship program. So right. it's, you know, it's had its opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. And, and you have, you have stories, you have mm -hmm. families that have shown progress and that continues to, to snowball and to get supporters. And, and then of course can increase the, the amount that the legislation offers too to those and legislators also, they love, they love the success stories. They love to see that, you know, a student that was basically, you know, for lack of a better expression, written off in a public school environment is now going to go out into the world and go to college or go to vocational training or, you know, they're going to become an employed individual. You know, they're going right. to live semi-independently or independently. They're going to be taxpayers mm -hmm. instead of, you know, receiving services for the rest of their lives. And that's, you know, really the, the, the driving force behind everything is to give these students the same opportunities and, and this, and that their non-disabled peers would have had and to give them every opportunity to have the brightest future that they can possibly have. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, in in that, I'm assuming that there is some reporting on the parent side that needs to be done throughout yes. this process. What yes. what does that involve in each of your scholarships um, from the, the parent perspective? Well, we we have, we complete our application to begin with, and we have to prove our residency and and those kinds of things okay. um, because funding is also determined by county. Oh. Okay. Um, because it's tied to the state education budget. So mm -hmm. um, so funding, so that's kind of how the funding piece is determined. And then each year we, we file a renewal application. 
Okay. And and then that kind of tells them how many students are returning, how many mm-hmm. you know positions there are going to be for new students to join. Um, every year we have a wait list, so mm-hmm. you know the the funding priority is renewal students, then wait list, okay. then new students. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. So um, and then you know when we submit a reimbursement, um, for example, I just bought some books. Um, online on Amazon with their, you know, Black Friday sale. I was Mm -hmm. thinking ahead to our spring semester. And so I bought some books and I I go onto their system and I submit a reimbursement for it. I put the invoice number, I put in all the detail and I put the educational relevance specific to my child. Mm -hmm. These books will help her with this. You know, this fidget will help her with this. Equine therapy helps her with this. Mm-hmm. Because the way it helps my child might be completely different from the way it helps yours. Right. So, now, so do we, those those needs have to be listed on an IEP or some type no. of goals. It can just be no. anything that no, you that's set that's all pa- that's parent yeah. determined. Okay. You know, I, I tell them I'm teaching my daughter fractions, showing it to her okay. on paper, yeah. mm-hmm. giving her dominoes or dice is not helping okay. her. Yep. She cooks; these measuring cups will help. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So we, we do that and the same thing with the, the uh, pre-approvals and um, our therapists and tutors, like a tutor needs to be a certified teacher or someone okay. that has a degree in the subject area, a college degree in the subject mm-hmm. area that they are teaching. So, you know, all so, of yeah. that information is verified. Okay. All right. Do you, you I know in Arizona, they have a approved list of like, curriculum therapy provided is is that any requirements for for either of your programs or is it just whatever the parent chooses and how they submit it for us it's all curriculum okay you know i personally i piece my own curriculum together mm-hmm. you know using various books you know my my daughter and i have an interview at the end of the school year and think about what we're going to do next year That's awesome. and what she's interested in and then i build my language arts my math my science and everything mm-hmm. into that that's how I've always done it with my kids too. <laughs> Get their so buy-in. <laughs> All right. You, yeah. For- Utah is uh, similar on the ESC side. So it just needs to be sort of an articulable um, education nexus, a, a reasonable mm-hmm. person standard, right. I guess. Uh, that's not really in statute, but that's sort of where we are with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, broadly, the statute allows textbooks and uh online coursework, educational therapy, uh, so long as that therapy is being uh, performed by a licensed therapist. So, um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I'm curious about equine therapy. I think that those are licensed, you know, they're certified people. Mm -hmm. people. Certified, yeah. And so that is something that would actually apply in, in Utah as well. So, but putting, you know, putting parents in that driver's seat for their child's education is, is so important. Yeah. Yeah, it, it truly is. And, and it, a lot of parents don't realize that they are the best expert on their children. And until they, they kind of take that deep breath and, and kind of dive in. And I don't know if you, I'm 
I'm certain you you realize this, Barbara, as you started homeschooling, is that um, you know you just have to trust yourself and your instincts. I, I was absolutely terrified. I, I can tell you that <laughs> I, I lost more sleep in the first three years of doing this, and it's it's really only now in year five that I feel like it's okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to try to help somebody else. You know, they'll right. say, "Oh, you know this about this," and I'm like. No, I don't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I, I, I've been very blessed to have some tremendous mentors along the way. I, you know, we had enrolled my daughter in an umbrella school for the first two years that we okay. homeschooled. Yeah. And I'm not sure what your state's do as far as umbrella schools, but they basically are uh, technically considered a private school, but they act right. as an umbrella for homeschooling mm-hmm. families. And a lot they of times the- they're considered accredited. So in states mm-hmm. that require accreditation, those are used. Right. And, you know, they do the record keeping and they do the, they do the things that are either very difficult for a parent to do in a homeschool environment yep. or, you know, whatever. So when we were interviewing and, and going to different schools, um, one of the, the founders of the school that we selected, she stood up in the presentation and she said, you know, I think all the parents were probably looking scared and intimidated and, and everything else. And she said, you know, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that just resonated with me for so long. And I, and I think about that every time I think I'm going to screw up my daughter's life and, and you know, <laughs> ruin her forever. <laughs> You're, you're her parent. <laughs> right. You know, but then I, you know, it's, it's, it's qualified, but nobody is yeah. ever going to love her the way I do. Nobody's ever going to right. know her the way I do. Mm-hmm. So why can't I be her teacher? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a blessing that these state programs allow that freedom, uh, that educational choice, but to even go above and beyond to trust you with the funding, not just your child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and say we we think you can make a good choice, um, and so that's that's empowering to have stay student. And I know a lot of people are advocates against this the funding because they think well, there's so many strings tied, and you know we're gonna get all this extra legislation for homeschoolers. But I always try to advocate on the other side when people start saying that. I'm like, but do you know the financial situation most of our families come from, and yet. They struggle with the schools. They struggle in these IEP meetings, this freedom. Um, I don't know if there's any stories that you have um, to share um, of of things. Um, I'm going to quick have a question put up here, though, because it's for Kim. And then so I'll let you kind of process if you maybe have some stories to share of just um, how parents have, you know, beyond your own stories have... uh, have seen the ability to, to use this um, educational choice um, in a greater way because of this funding. Um, Annette is watching on Facebook and she said, how do parents tap into scholarship funds in Utah? Does Utah operate on a reimbursement basis like Florida and or are providers able to enroll as direct pay? Okay, so uh, let me kind of address the question you you asked before this question, and I we don't have collected stories yet. So, yeah. um, but I, I do want to note that just uh, with COVID, with 2020, I mean that was the year where parents probably explored the option of homeschooling more than ever before. Mm. We saw some parents exercise that choice that maybe 
without those circumstances, wouldn't have thought about that. So I, I just want to make sure that parents, um, if they're thinking about homeschooling and, and just aren't sure, these scholarships can help you supplement, can help you uh, pay for supports um, outside of what homeschool networks sort of already do and things like the umbrella school, mm-hmm. those, those support networks in and of themselves. But if you're dealing, uh, you, you know, with a student with a child with a disability and, and aren't sure you can do it, I mean, this is one thing that can help you get the extra, that therapy, um, those things. Um, so with Utah, we do have, uh, we're setting up a, a system of the, the ESA, um, a, a vendor that will allow you to basically use uh, an account similar to your health HSA, where okay. there are allowable uh, uses for those funds. And we mm-hmm. kind of set up the guardrails where where you can kind of spend fairly freely within those parameters and mm-hmm. any, anything that we need to discern individually, uh, we can do that. But um, I, I think, Peggy, if, if you're going to throw up our websites or anything, mine's right yep. here, right here. It uh, is right here. Yep. <laughs> org. You can go on there and look uh, at all of the eligibility requirements, uh, mm-hmm. what uh, the allowable expenses, as well as applying. And there's yeah. the donor side of that too, but that's always yeah. hard. Yes, and that's important to point out is there, in order for this work to be done, there has to be people giving the money as well and supporting the programs. And um, yeah. It's very important. So, awesome. So, um, so what about um, from your side, Barbara? I know you've been in, involved in a lot of different things um, with this this scholarship. And are there any stories that you have to share from the community? Yeah, we, we've got so many families that have benefited so greatly from these scholarships and and just from the ability to be present in their children's lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, you know, families that, you know, when, when you have a special needs student, there's, there's a lot of families that become single parent families. There's a lot of families that, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they live at or below the poverty line because Mm -hmm. they're not working because they're chasing ambulances or they're, you know, it's a full-time battle just to get your child the medical care that they need sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, so the scholarship and some of the subsequent help that has come from it, they started a few years ago, they started a a feature within the scholarship called My Scholar Shop. Because for example, one of the Mm -hmm. things that's included in an acceptable usage of funds is technology. You know, if if you've got a child that wants to do online classes or, Mm -hmm. you know, wants to, you know, is there anybody, is there anything in this world that's not connected to a computer right now besides my dad? (laughs) 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 Who's actually on a computer tonight, I hope, watching. (laughs) So, you know, there's technology is is a resource, but it's kind of like dangling a carrot if they have to pay for it and then wait to be reimbursed. Mm -hmm. So they started a My Scholarship feature where you can go in and and purchase that computer and it debits the scholarship funds immediately. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, that just, Mm -hmm. it it provides a tremendous resource for families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And with 
the amount of, of apps that are out there now that I hear mm-hmm. parents sharing on our support groups. You know, they're like, well, here's a you know free one, but it's free if you have the device. Right. And, <laughs> it's you not know, free if you don't. <laughs> and and there's, there's you know, our, our children, their unique abilities, sometimes they work better in a YouTube mm-hmm. world or in a virtual yes. world than mm-hmm. they, they're, they're more successful in, in learning the basics that they need mm-hmm. to know. Uh, in those worlds, and now we can support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. So um, I do want our viewers to know if you are watching and want to ask a question, we um, we're kind of hitting our last 15 minutes. So I want to make sure that we incorporate any questions or comments you have in um, to our discussion. But um, just kind of um, some some closing comments from from both of you as our viewers are kind of thinking over what they might want to ask or share um, from just um, information that you just want to make sure people know about. I, I have your, your websites up again. I'd love to share those again. And I will include those in the Facebook description or not the Facebook, the, the YouTube description will have all of these links in there, how you can can find uh, more information about all of these um, programs. And I'll include Arizona's information, even though they were unable to come to tonight's discussion. Um, and and so hopefully you can you can find out some information there too. But, but yeah. Um, so um, Kim, can you have you go first? <laughs> Yeah, you got so again, uh, just getting the word out. So if you are watching this, please share, share, share mm-hmm. with families. We all know a family who is is raising uh, a, a child with disabilities. We know lots of homeschool families, and when when those two come together, this mm-hmm. is a program that can really benefit. Uh, I just want everybody's help in spreading the word, and yeah. we. We have a lot of scholarships still available this year. Um, so please go to our website and uh, go to childrenfirsteducationfund.org. Uh, look at those eligibility requirements, apply, uh, give us a call. We want to answer your questions. Uh, but please, I think the thing that we need the most right now is just for people of Utah to even know uh, that this exists. And I, I think, I don't know if you wake up as a parent in Florida and Arizona and you just know these options are out there. People still don't, still don't always know about this one. And, mm-hmm. um, and also as, as we, you know, as we've listened to Barbara and all the options out there, uh, in Florida, and again, we, we want to be Florida when we grow up, um, <laughs> You know, advocate if you're a homeschooling family um, and and it's not that uh, that you're you're you have a child with a disability, but um, growing this program, expanding this program to help all kinds of homeschool uh, students, um, you know, step up and, and advocate through the, the policymaking mm-hmm. process, through the legislative process. Uh, to to make the the current program that we have better and make it bigger mm-hmm. and and to benefit more more students across the state. So that's kind of our Christmas wish and uh, <laughs> and to be like Florida. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's that's an encouragement. I and I want to encourage the audience too. Um, I know we have a lot of podcast listeners um, to these broadcasts, and so even if maybe you don't even live in Utah. I want to encourage you to go into your Facebook groups that have special needs parents. Maybe they don't even homeschool and say, do you know about this? Because maybe they're sitting on the fence going, I would love to homeschool, but I just don't 
think we can do it financially. And here is this opportunity for them to have that financial ability to homeschool and to make that choice. And you could be answering that question for them today. So um, so share that, share that information out there. And, and just like Kim said, um, maybe you don't even live in Utah. Maybe you live in another state that doesn't even have this funding. Maybe you're being called to start some legislation to start a program like this in your state. Um, this can help a lot of families. And um, it, it actually makes our goal as SPED Homeschool, our underlying goal is that homeschooling is the most viable option for parents who homeschool or who have special needs children because we do know it is the best option, the most flexible option. But, um, but it's not always the most viable option for the families that, um, that really want to do it. And so that, that's why we exist <laughs> as a nonprofit. So, um, so Barb, what about um, from you? Well, I'm very happy to live in Florida. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've got some, some hiccups with our scholarship programs because of the expansion. And, you know, I guess the caution that I would throw out there is, you know, slow growth, measured growth. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do an overnight explosion. Um, and <laughs> unless you, unless you know that you have all the infrastructure in place, right? Uh, yeah. because the last thing you want to do is, is let down a family that, that desperately needs the funding to, to educate mm-hmm. their child. However, um, this is this has been the greatest blessing that we could have ever had for our daughter, and mm-hmm. and we'll shout it from the rooftops that educational choice and these education savings accounts are just a, a great gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And the the two websites that um, Barbara shared with me um, was oh, that's. Utah. We've got um, the Family Empowerment Scholarship. It's Step Up for step students. Up for students.org. And then the AAA Foundation, it's aaascholarships.org. Awesome. And my son just moved to Florida. So who knows if he ends up getting married there and having kids? <laughs> he may well, be accessing that. <laughs> Since he's on the spectrum and it can. T- Usually, it keeps up in families. <laughs> All right, as I know, as I'm on the spectrum too. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, it's um, it's great that these opportunities are available and that they just continue to um, to bless families year after year. And um, it's because of the work of people like Barbara and Kim and so many others that. Um, are making sure that these programs are healthy and growing. And I just want to commend both of you for the work that you do and um, for the heart and the, the soul that you put into it, because I do know it's, it's, it's a passion. It, it's not always financially re- rewarding. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for, for um, investing your lives into the future of many children. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have any other um, comments or questions from our audience. They're being awfully quiet tonight. So, <laughs> but hopefully they're absorbing all of this information. And I do want to share the Arizona information, even though our representative wasn't able to come. It's the Empowerment Scholarship account. And if you go to azed.gov um, slash ESA, 
um, you'll be able to find more information about that empowerment um, scholarship account. And, and their program is more based on state approved um, providers that um, then you can access with those funds. I've, I've spoken at that state conference a few times and it's kind of confusing sometimes when um, at the homeschool conferences because not everybody that's at the conferences is approved vendors and, and how they can use that money. So, but anyways, it's good to look into the specifics of whatever state um, you live in and the scholarships offered there. So I know there's a lot of other states that are looking yes. into it at Good. this point. Yes. So, you know, I, I will I know encourage... Texas is too. I've, I've heard a lot from the Texas Homeschool Coalition that they're supporting it, but... And I, and I would encourage so. families, it, at least in Florida, we have very responsive legislators mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, have, when we've had a problem with the scholarship, they have addressed it generally in the next session um, mm -hmm. and or they've used their influence with the Department of Education or, you know, whatever. What, because, you know, when you create a program that's going to serve a certain population of people, there's obviously going to be exceptions here and exceptions there. And, you know, our legislators are very responsive um, towards towards trying to help families. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Any other so encouragement? Write to them, write to them, yes. call them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you uh, mentioned a couple minutes back about sometimes parents are, are concerned that if they engage a, a program like this, that that's, there are all these strings attached or they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be pulled under some, you know, public government uh, microscope. Right. And so I know for us here, there's so many reasons why uh, parents will choose to homeschool. Mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we honor our, our student privacy, our, our family privacy. We, we don't share information with, with the state. Um, so there really is a whole lot of independence that these scholarship programs are largely managed by private nonprofits. Uh, and in our state, at least, you know, with our, our new law, this current law, uh, we, we do keep that privacy of those families, give them, allow them that, that flexibility to, uh, to use the fund in acceptable and approved ways, but, but within, you know, their choices. Right. So Thank you I, for pointing that out. Cause I think that could be keeping some parents on the fence too, about using those types of funds. And right. I, I, that, that's awesome that, that it can be privately managed like that and the freedom that they have. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for your time. And I know you're busy already, but um, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to share on our show and get the word out about your programs and just the, the work that is, is happening in your states um, for homeschoolers, especially those with struggling learners who we support here at SPED Homeschool. So, um, so keep up the good work, um, fight the good fight. I know you are. It's <laughs> sometimes hard, especially during the holiday seasons, because uh, like Kim said earlier, your, your family does <laughs> sacrifice a lot for this. <laughs> so we appreciate, um, appreciate that. And we thank all of you, our audience, for joining us on this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, this is just one of the many resources we have at SPED Homeschool that we make available to families, home educating students with struggling learners. So um, check out our website at SPED homeschool.com for, for more resources, including the our blog, which is now rated the number one special needs homeschooling blog out there. 
and we have we have partners. We have over 200 um, vetted resources on our website that you can um, look at and and use and um, just see if they might be able to help you with therapies or curriculum or a whole lot of other things. But um, next week, we're going to stay on this theme. And I'm going to be talking to one of the homeschool legal defense lawyers um, about the pros and cons of um, using public funding. And we're going to dive even beyond these programs to even using like your, your public school for testing and therapies and all these other things um, and just some of the cases that they've had um, and dealt with that parents have had to navigate. And sometimes it's just advocacy and informing the public school what the law is because a lot of times they don't know. <laughs> um, and so we're going to be talking about, about that next week. So I hope you join us, um, join me back again for, for that conversation. And um, also, we are at our year-end giving campaign here at Sped Homeschool, and we have a, a button on the home page of our website that's um, to join our um to join our mission. And um, if you do that, any, any size tax-deductible tax donation that you offer, you get our, um, our Sped Homeschool 2021 holiday do and do not list, which is really important, that do not part for you um, special needs parents. So um, we crafted that specifically for you as a thank you gift for your donation as we, we round out this year. So, um, so thanks for supporting our, our work and especially for just um, being part of our community. And thank you, ladies, again. Um, greatly appreciate all that you had to share with us tonight and um, just blessings on your work. Um, and I I know, Barbara, you guys are headed in a great direction. And Kim, you, you've started off right. So I can just see it growing in the future. And I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> We're watching Utah every bit, as, every bit as much as Utah's watching Florida. Yes. <laughs> so excited that we're not alone anymore. Yes, yes. Awesome. So thank you very much for having me tonight. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. All right. We'll see you all next week. Bye, all everybody. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.